way we consume and share news today that's largely rooted in social media outlets a reason why we decided it's important to look at what's being discussed online now, frankly they're the most important the hottest issues and trends so for a daily social media minute we're joined by Yerika. good morning good morning happy thursday happy thursday a day closer to the weekend <laughs> feels good yep. yeah it's beautiful outside by the way have you returned to the movie theaters recently no yeah, no, um, I haven't. Have you? It's crowded again. Yeah, and it's it smells like popcorn again. It's nice. It's inviting, alluring. Oh, even it's back to normal, <laughs> sort of, kind of. <laughs> Movie tickets are a little bit more expensive uh-huh. than I remember it, but hey, I think that's a small price we're willing to pay for the returned yep. experience yep. anyway. There's a lot of buzz around what's happening over in France, the Cannes Film Festival. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of buzz around it because it's kind of. The movie personnel's movie festival, um, a lot of it is artistic, really creative. And if you win the Palme d'Or, while well, you're celebrated yeah. to its core, you get a fancy mark on the poster right. when it's his theaters. Uh, maybe that's that's the that's the treatment that Pak Chanuk is aiming for this year. I've been He's checking there. out the fashions, too, on the red carpet. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, so fabulous. I mean, it is a French beach town after <laughs> <Yep>. all. <laughs> but it's funny because without the Cannes Film Festival, it's so quiet. Mm. I, I just I thought that was interesting. I guess I've never been, so I always assumed it's always a buzzing beach town. It's really not without no, the Cannes Film Festival's really. presence, but this year yeah. it's back in full swing. The red carpet treatment, the fashion, yes. and the movies. Yep. Um, South Korean filmmaker, he's well known, <laughs> Pak Chanuk. His latest film, Decision to Leave, has attracted high scores and really favorable reviews from foreign news media following its premiere at the Cannes Film Festival earlier this week. Uh, So Screen Daily, which is a British uh, daily magazine for the film festival, Mm. reported two days ago that the Korean film took an average score of 3.2 out of 4. And it's the highest score yet. It's by the Cannes jury this year. uh, And the score is raising a lot of expectations among Korean film fans that he might take home the top honor of the Palme d'Or this time. Now, uh, Park, as you all probably know, previously won the the Cannes 2004 Jury Grand Prize with Old Boy Mm. and the 2009 Jury Prize with Thirst Mm. and returned to the festival with his competition entry, The Handmaiden, in 2016. Agassi, I mean, it was, I think, well-received, but it didn't win the coveted Palme d'Or that year. Sometimes it's so competitive, and it's not just about winning, I suppose. It's the implication, again, the approval from the industry Mm -hmm. is immense, you guys. Yes. It's I I know I know it's not fair to compare it to the Oscars, but I do. <laughs> it's a little bit different. I think Oscars are definitely more showy and sparkly. Yes. Now, considering that there are other strong comp- competitors uh, that have yet to be unveiled, and these favorable reviews and high scores from news media, I don't want to jump a gun, but it's all pointing to that direction. Yeah. It doesn't always lead to wins at international film Mm-mm. festivals, but it does look like there's still premature. I don't know excitement to yeah. predict. Puck winning an honor at this That's right. I read a piece by The Guardian this morning, actually. Um, mm. It gave the film five stars, a five-star review. What? And it said that it is very Hitchcockian in many ways. No. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Is there a higher praise than that? 
It's a very uh, high praise. I was going to say, yeah. and, and to be honest with you, a lot of these dailies, not just British, American, British, French, they don't always like giving positive reviews about mm. movies. In fact, it is almost their job to find flaws. That's right. So five out of five. Sounds exactly. Promising. This is what it said. It praised the film as a masterful, dazzling love story wrapped in a mischievous murder mystery. Sounds like a very yes. platonic signature theme. Uh, the magazine Variety said, it's almost magical how his trail of elegant, glinting clues leads us out, <gasps> blinking into the light again. And, uh, you know, these foreign news media are praising both mm. stars, mm. Pakil and Tang Wei, for their magnificent performance. Uh, they've both been subject to whether or not their acting chops are polished yep. enough, but <laughs> this may put it to rest. I'm kind of impressed about Variety's description. That's so yummy. It's almost magical how his trail of elegant clues yep. lead us out. I, I think I've I, seen the trailer. Yeah. I, I saw it a few times, actually, yeah. yesterday. I looked through the list on YouTube, and I was more interested in seeing how the fans mm. uh, responded under the trailer, the video. This is why and she helms over social media. Everyone is so excited. They're yeah. like, oh my gosh, Park Chanuk is back. You know, I don't think I've I can't wait to go see the movie. Ever et cetera, et cetera. seen a Park Chanuk movie that wasn't impressive, whether that's a good thing or a bad mm-hmm. thing, whether that's tough for us to understand yep. and follow or even visually be, I don't know, striking, stunning, violent. It, yeah. it always leaves a pretty stern impression, doesn't it? That's right. <laughs> I mean, the trailer doesn't reveal much, but mm. a decision to leave for those of you who are curious mm. is a love story between a police detective and a woman who is suspected of murdering her husband. I'm seeing the Hitchcock <laughs> comparison. Yeah. Any Anyone else? <laughs> All right. So we'll have to wait for what happens I can. Yep. And then for the further release, probably aimed for this summer mm-hmm. season, if I'm not yep. mistaken. All right. On to our second bus story this morning. CNN predicting that this drink could be part of Korea's soft power riding the wave of global expansion. Yeah. Um, we had, uh, well, the most recent Makali boom was back in, well, circa 2010, 2011. Yeah. That trend came, it exploded, and then it kind of subsided. It fizzled. It fizzled a little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, for many foreigners, uh, you know, Makali is uh, considered healthy, organic, <laughs> and clean. And uh, th- there's a novelty factor there. Yeah. They have never seen this kind of alcohol before. It's very different. I mean, it's called Korean rice wine. Wine, but it's definitely not wine. No, it's more and it's not milky beer. than anything else. Yes, uh, you're right. So it, it it does have novelty, but you're right. There was a whole boom in yeah. makgeolli craze not too long ago. That's right. But despite the rapid advance of makgeolli, this alcoholic beverage is still dominated by soju and <laughs> beer, which account for more than 80% of sales okay, okay. here in South Korea. But I, I do think makgeolli is a pretty particular taste. I mean, it's really sweet for one. Yep. Uh, it's fizzy in some cases. But anyway, I can see why it could be the next big thing. Yep. We like trends, don't we? I mean, this certainly seems trendy. The thing with makgeolli is that it's often labeled as old people's drink. It really is. <laughs> you know, it's the grandpa drink. Is it really? Yeah, and they used to be so cheap back in the days. I mean, like back in the late 80s, you go to the store and a bottle of makgeolli would cost like, what, 40 cents? <laughs> That's how cheap it was. Yeah. It was the worker's drink, the laborer's right, drink, right. the it farmer's was, drink. It was supposed to be affordable. Yeah. We, we have, uh, it's called hetan when, when we're, you know, people hetan. are working in the farms or working in, in agriculture and then they'll take a break yeah. and hetan will be brought out to them and usually it included makgeolli and a whole ensemble yeah. of lovely dishes. And now we have these new generation of uh, makgeolli brewers and uh, they, they're they trying to overcome this challenge, you know, trying to change people's perception that makgeolli doesn't have to be old.
old. It can be hip and trendy. It's been rebranded. Yeah, and they're using advertising and marketing to change this perception. And for example, in this one ad, a very sharp-looking male model, you know, he's got a shaved head, mm. eyebrow piercings is shown, <laughs> you know, daintily pouring makgeolli into a champagne flute. And if you're a makgeolli fan, you know exactly which makgeolli brand I'm talking about. Because, Absolutely. Yeah, because they market it this way. I know. And, and honestly, I mean, I, I, I've been mimicking the behavior, not necessarily a fan of the exact brand, or yeah. that's not even the point, but I'm pouring makgeolli and champagne flutes too at home. Yes. It's fun. Uh, just last week, yeah. I visited a, a gastropub mm. that specializes in makgeolli. I was surprised by so many different things from the outside. It just looked like, I don't know. I don't know what it looked like. <laughs> it didn't look like a bar, for sure. <laughs> it didn't stand out in any way, but I walked in. It was a bar. The interior still retained some of the architectural elements ah. of a hanok. I didn't recognize 70% of the makgeolli that was on the menu, which, which was very surprising to me because I, I study, oh. you know, and I drink a lot. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the bar was actually owned by a Canadian, uh-huh. by a foreigner who was speaking Korean to the Korean customers walking in. Uh-huh. Uh, they were playing house music. <laughs> All the tables were completely filled up by 6.30 p.m. Well, it's, it's and hip. I think I may have been the oldest person in there. I'm not joking. Honestly, guys, I, I think this is a sentiment as to yeah. makgeolli being marketed as a trendy hip drink. Yes. And I think it's actually much cooler that they're, you know, maintaining the original structure yeah. or, or whatever was there before. I went to a really sim- remarkably similar uh-huh. concept uh, makgeolli place and it looked like an old pharmacy. And I thought that was really cool. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. So the, keeping the the architecture and interior yeah. of, a, of a past... I don't know, history of the building. Uh-huh. That's kind of a cool thing to do. You know, uh, setting up a microbrewery mm-hmm. for making makgeolli mm-hmm. is actually a lot cheaper than setting up a beer brewery. Is it really? And did you know that you can actually order makgeolli traditional liquor yeah. online these days, have it delivered to your door. And that's uh-huh. why the sales of makgeolli shot up during COVID-19. Nobody could go out. They were ordering these traditional drinks from home. Convenience and affordability. Yep. I mean, even if it's if it's higher price, I mean, it still feels affordable to me. That's right. Uh, the government is recognizing it as a lucrative industry. So they're changing the policies and laws related to, you know, who can open up these makgeolli breweries and how large or small they can be, etc., etc. I suppose it could be in the benefit of preserving the culture. Yep. So oh, for there sure. you have it. All right, on to our, well, is Do that we have advice? time? <laughs> Maybe, yes. Okay, <laughs> good. <laughs> oh, dear. But do I want to make time for this? He's kind of a controversial figure, yeah. isn't he? Uh, Kenry, or Egan, uh, his latest social media post shows that he has actually returned to Korea from Ukraine after, I believe, reported injuries. Yes, uh, it looks like he's back in Korea based on uh, the Instagram posts mm. that he's been uploading. Uh, well, yesterday he posted multiple photos and videos. You know, his attitude is a little bit on the defensive side because mm. he is clearly aware that mm. people's reactions to his decision to go fight in Ukraine have been divided. And the South Korean government had clearly warned him and all South Korean nationals that it is against the law to travel to Ukraine at this time. He did so anyway. Yeah, right, right, right. And... Yeah, so he mm. sustained injuries. Was uh, that news was shared mm. by the International Legion of Defense of Ukraine uh, last week? He's home for rehabilitation. His wishes is to return to Ukraine after uh. he's fully recovered. We don't know if that's ever going to happen. Right, right. And the South Korean government has yet to 
to make an official statement regarding his return. It's but, kind of uh, a sensitive topic if it you really think is. about it, right? Yeah. There might be a different part of the world, namely Ukraine, mm-hmm. where he could be celebrated as kind of the needed help, yep. the help that they have been asking for. So it puts, I think, the South Korean government in a really tricky position. Yeah, but three yeah. other members of his team who yeah. returned to Korea back in March have been charged with violating a travel ban mm. imposed by the government. Mm. And that's usually subject to a, a fine? A year in prison or face a fine of up to 10 million won, which uh. is a little over 8,000 US dollars. All right, we'll have to wait and see how the yep. story pans out. But mm-hmm. for the time being, Egan is back in yep. South Korea. Thank you very much, Erica. Pleasure. I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.